The Restless Heart Podcast, Episode 4. Is there life before marriage? Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Restless Heart Podcast. Nessa, what have you been up to this week? Um, I was invited to a Latin Mass by Deacon Fitzpatrick. He's staying with St. Anne's for the summer, and he has about one year left before he's ordained as a priest. So um, I was in the office working, and then he just comes in, pops in, and just says he's working on a homily, and then he came back another day, and he said he's still working on it. I'm like, you're still working on it? Why can't you get it done? (laughs) (laughs) But apparently there's a lot of prep time for homilies, and there's a lot of prayer. Um, And so he told me to just come Sunday and just listen to his homily. And I'm like, okay. And it was really, really really good. Well, I hope so. I mean, he spent days working on it. I know. I feel bad (laughs) for teasing him. Anyways, how was your week or weekend? It was good. This weekend was the Feast of the Transfiguration. So in the Byzantine church, what we do is we bring fruit to church and it gets blessed. We pretty much bring something to church at most feast days. So on most marrying feast days, we bring flowers and they will get a blessing. It just means that you have some sacramentals to take home. You brought real fruit? Mm-hmm. Yep, grapes and figs and apples and everything else. So I've been eating a lot of sacramentals over the last couple of days. Does the farmer's market know about this day? They really should capitalize on it. They, they could should. set up some stalls outside the church for people who forgot. <laughs> could make a fortune. Anyways, so... David recently just gave a talk about dating. I didn't well, not, it's not quite about was, dating. Yes, it was. I call this my non-dating dating talk. Anyways, so the Gretty Group has this mass once a month every first Friday in honor of the Sacred Heart. After mass, there's typically a new speaker who gives a talk on the subjects of chastity, forgiveness, sacrifice, purity, femininity, and masculinity. So those of you who don't know, St. Maria Goretti is a martyr who refused to have sex with a man who threatened her life. So this girl was legit, okay? Anyway, so... And she was killed for it. Yeah, she was. She was stabbed 14 times. Um, so this girl uh, forgave her assailant, Alessandro, on her deathbed. So she didn't die after being stabbed 14 times. And so with the, the you know, last moments of her life, she told the priest, like, I want him to be forgiven because I want him to see it. I want to see him in heaven. So that is what St. Maria Goretti is known for. So what happened to Alessandro? He actually converted to Catholicism. He was in prison, and she came to him in a dream. And she gave him one lily for each stab wound, so he had 14 lilies. So it basically moved him. (laughs) And actually, he was responsible for her canonization. Anyway, so Sir David Bates here um, talk was, is there life before marriage? So we thought that it would be really cool to have a follow-up conversation about it. So David, what was the inspiration behind this talk? So I originally gave this talk at the Southern Kansas Young Adult Conference. What happened at that conference was all the married people went into one room and had a talk, and all the non-married people were then sent to another room with me, and I gave them a talk. So as I was preparing and trying to work out what I was going to say to these people, I concluded that the big thing that I wanted to say to single Catholics was don't waste your single years. Don't just spend all of your time simply waiting to be in a relationship. Or if you're in a relationship, simply waiting for that relationship to turn into marriage. 
that reminds me uh, of something I'm actually guilty of. I was also waiting for, I guess, a guy to do something fun, like go to the beach or go to Disneyland Mm -hmm. or go out to eat at some restaurant because, you know, people make it awkward, like, just one? (laughs) Like, yes, just one. Let's, let's not make it any worse, okay? See, that's actually something I do all the time. I and, do it now, yeah. And, and I've actually had people come over and check I'm okay. You know, if I'll go to a bar with a book or if I'll go to a restaurant with a book, people are actively concerned for my health. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, also, men, do do they also struggle as well? Like, feel like they can't do anything like go rock climbing? Or... Yeah, I, th- I think it's true for, for both sexes. There's this idea that, I'm waiting for marriage. Once that happens, then I can really start living. And people just derive way too much of their self-worth by their Facebook relationship status. What? Is that a thing? I absolutely think that's a thing. I'd said in the talk that I think everybody knows at least one, if not several, people who are not in a relationship and very clearly want to be in a relationship. And they spend a lot of time complaining about that and complaining about the opposite sex. And very often they complain about that on Facebook. I really wanted to give a talk that just put down this idea that your single years are just, you're just killing time. You're just killing time waiting for Mr. or Miss Wright to turn up. Well, some of us kill time with settling with a guy mm-hmm. that we don't really want to be with because he's inadequate and like something that we really need, like faith. Mm. It goes back to our earlier episode when we spoke about the purpose of dating being marriage. I think some people do settle for a relationship just so that they are in a relationship. They can't ever see themselves marrying this person, but it beats being single. Well, one thing I did read in um, The Science of Marriage by Time magazine Mm -hmm. was that we also have emotional relationships. So we may not have a physical boyfriend, but we have an emotional boyfriend, Mm -hmm. and we basically talk as if we are in a relationship. And get the emotional fix from that as well. Sarah Swaff has got a wonderful book called Emotional Chastity. covers exactly this topic where you are not technically in a relationship with somebody, but you get all of your emotional needs met through them. It's like emotional booty call. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. And I suggested in the talk that a lot of these problems come from a misunderstanding of marriage, this idea that, well, when I get married, it's going to fix everything in my life. That's what Matt Frad said with porn. If I get married, I'm just, porn's just not going to exist as a problem in my life. Exactly, which is, of course, ridiculous. Particularly after you spent years nurturing a dependency and an addiction to it. I think a lot of people believe in what I call the magic wedding ring. The idea is that you go up to the altar with your fiancé, you exchange vows, and you have a ring put on your finger. And when that ring is put on your finger, suddenly all of your character flaws, all of your vices, they suddenly disappear. You are now just a paragon of virtue, which is, of course, nonsense. Yeah. Virtue takes time to develop. And that was one of the main focuses that I gave in the talk to this idea of spending your single years developing virtue rather than hoping that you'll magically have it appear in your life once you're married. Well, also a compromise. This reminds me of what um, one of my theas told me, that living alone is dangerous because you don't have any form of compromise. Mm-hmm. I live with five other women, so I have to learn how to compromise <laughs> either five different ways or and, just and share. fold. Sometimes I just fold because I'm like, I don't know, I'll deal with this. I'll just, a little bit at a time, you know? 
And then if you live alone, it's just your way all the time. So there's no room really for deep changes. I loved living alone. I lived alone for about a little under two years. And then I decided to move into a house share because I figured it would be good for my soul. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I do miss living alone sometimes. But this comes back to the idea of ease versus growth and holiness. And one of the misconceptions about marriage that I think a lot of people have is they think that marriage is meant to make me happy. Now, we hope marriage will make you happy. Yeah, we hope. That would be great. But again, it's not its ultimate purpose. The purpose of marriage is to make you holy. It is, to, it is the means through which you will get to heaven. And I think if you come to marriage with the expectation that this is going to fulfill all of your needs and desires, this will make you perfectly happy, what it means is that then when you encounter difficulties, when you have to find yourself compromising or sacrificing or doing stuff that you'd prefer not to do, well, this isn't making me happy, therefore I should probably bail. Yeah, you're just putting marriage on a pedestal, and that is a bad, 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 bad idea. But not just marriage. You're putting your spouse on a pedestal. You're seeking in your Mm -hmm. spouse Mm -hmm. something which only God can fulfill. I love quoting Jerry Maguire. You know, that nonsense that Tom Cruise says is, you complete me. (laughs) No, 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 no. God (laughs) completes you. Yeah. And I quoted St. Augustine, the, the quotation that we give in every podcast episode. You made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts wander restless until they rest in my spouse. No, no, oh. that's not right, until they rest in you. That's ultimately where our ache comes from. It's for God, not for a spouse. It reminds me of what my spiritual director told me once, that we have a God-sized void. Mm-hmm. Nothing else can fill it. Here's the problem with placing all of your eggs in that marriage basket, so to speak. I once had a housemate who had an amazing life plan. Step one, win the lottery. (laughs) Step two, and he had steps three and four and five. All of his plans hinged on, well, first of all, I've got to win the lottery. In the same sort of way, if you are basing your entire life around, well, I'm going to get married and then I'm going to start living. Well, what happens if you don't get married? What happens if you, if you base your entire life around this and it doesn't happen? If your current state in life ends up being your permanent state, you spent your entire life waiting for something that doesn't actually happen. Well, if you have, want to make God laugh, you show him your plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my suggestion was, rather than having that mindset, live in the present, embrace your current state in life, and invest dedicate your time into different areas. And these areas will help prepare you for whatever God is calling you to next. Whether he's calling you to priesthood, whether he's calling you to marriage, or staying in the, in the single life. Well, it's also a good mindset to have in general, not just in dating. Because like, say you don't have that dream job mm-hmm. you always wanted. So you just have to trust that wherever God's putting you, he's placing you there for a reason. And that he can use that situation to make you a saint. Mm-hmm. That God isn't restricted to only work, only making you a saint in marriage, that he can start now. And the different areas that I identified in which I think people should invest are friendships, discernment, virtue, and service. So the first one is friendship. This idea that you should be building up around yourself a really solid network of good friends. And I'm not just talking about on Facebook where somebody say, says they've got two and a half thousand friends. No, I mean real friends. The people that you will call if you are locked out of your house, 
that if in the you middle are of the night. in the middle I've of the night, that. that if you're stuck on the side of the street and you, your car is broken down and AAA isn't responding, who are these people that you're going to call? For me, most of them are family. Mm-hmm. And that's that's definitely an important part. And I, I talk about spending time and building, nurturing those relationships with your family because you might not always be living near them. You might end up getting married and moving to another part of the country or having to go to your spouse's family for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Family is super important, but also so are friends. I think everybody should be looking for their bridesmaids and their groomsmen before they start looking for their bride or their groom. Oh, God, that hit me when you said that. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't think I have any like that I you know, dedicate time to because I dedicate so much to church and to family, but I'm like, I'm not sure I do that enough for my friends. I think a lot of people don't. I think we're too easily distracted by either looking for our spouse, that's our primary concern, Mm -hmm. or just generally socializing, but not building deep, lasting relationships. And instead, we have the two and a half thousand friends on Facebook. (laughs) And these people are going to be the ones who are going to help you possibly find that bride, possibly find that groom. And they're the people that you're going to go to for advice, which is why it's important to make sure that these friends that you're surrounding yourself with are good, wise, and holy. I liked how you also brought up how these saints are in clusters. I totally, totally, like, I knew I knew they were, like, together, like they were friends, but it never just dawned on me. So, yes, I think I mentioned St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius of Loyola. They were college roommates. And I think I also gave an example from the early church, St. Gregory Nazianzen and St. Basil. And honestly, if you look at most saints, you'll very often find the cause for canonization is basically among their Facebook friends. (laughs) (laughs) St. Paul talks about in Corinthians about how bad company ruins your morals. It does. It absolutely does. They're, so they're basically part of your environment, mm, products of your environment. Exactly. You can't uh, you can't overestimate how much your environment will affect you. So if that's the case, surround yourself with holy people. We talk about faith being caught as well as taught. Well, surround yourself with the holiest people ever. When I first gave this talk, it was just to a room full of single people. This time, I had some people who are married as well, I and know, so I, I, I really emphasised the fact find good married couples to spend time with. Because divorce is rampant. If, you, if that's the only narrative that you hear of marriage doesn't really work, marriage makes you unhappy, you can get very jaded. Yeah. And I asked the question in the talk, can you think of any TV shows where marriage is presented as something good and vibrant and healthy? And we did have some answers, but the thing that was noticeable about most of them they were for very old TV shows. Yeah, from the 90s or... Typically early, yeah, earlier, from the 90s yeah. or, the, or the 80s. Because most marriages on TV, nope, there's usually somebody having an affair, somebody is being henpecked. Most of them are kind of, kind of unhappy. I like to surround myself around like happy couples, and most of these happy couples have God at number one. They may not be all Catholic, but God is number one. Mm-hmm. And they, I talk to them about their relationship, and I talk to them sometimes when I'm interested in a guy, or if I'm already dating, like, hey, this is what happened, what do you suggest? Because mm-hmm. they've been at this far longer than you have. <laughs> I know, they're just like, oh, Vanessa, you're so young. You'll be fine, you'll be fine. <laughs> so that was the conclusion of that first area, friendship. Invest in friendships, find good and holy friends. 
And I was talking with people after the talk, and I realized that there was a scriptural quotation that I really should have included in the talk. I actually quoted this in a best man speech a few years ago. It's from the book of Sirach. Let your acquaintances be many, but one in a thousand your confidant. When you gain a friend, first test him, and do not be too ready to trust him. For one sort is a friend when it suits him, and he will not be with you in the time of distress. A faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He who finds one finds a treasure. A faithful friend is beyond price. No sum can balance his worth. A faithful friend is a life-saving remedy. Such as he who fears God finds. For he who fears God behaves accordingly, and his friend will be like himself. So, David, we're running low on time. So then let's continue the rest of your talk. So the rest of the topic is discernment, virtue, and service. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited we get to talk more about dating. I told you, this isn't so much about dating itself. It's, a, it's about not being so focused on dating. It's about being focused on the here and now and investing in your own life. It's about love. It is. All right. So what are you up to this weekend? Well, I'm going to the wine tasting event for the Children of the Immaculate Heart. No way, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, an organization that Nessa works with that's, how would you describe it? We serve um, survivors of human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And we're currently trying to open a home for minors. And we're just also trying to put ourselves out there. And there's actually quite a number of young adults in the nation that don't understand what human trafficking is or how you get roped into it. Mm -hmm. So please like, share, subscribe, write us a review in iTunes or Google Play. As always, you can contact us through the website or you can tweet us at David and Nessa. Hey David, are you going to have a link to your talk? Yeah, I'll put one in the show notes. Yay! All right, I'm ready for the sign-off. Can I do it? Go for it. Yes. You made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts will wander restless until they rest in you. All you holy angels and saints, pray for us.